0: Americans. This is the Urbane Cowboys podcast with Josiah Neely of R Street Institute and Doug McCullough of Lone Star Policy Institute. Good day. Howdy y'all. Welcome to the Urbane Cowboys. I'm Josiah Neely with the R Street Institute. And I'm Doug McCullough with the Lone Star Policy Institute. So today we have something a little different than normal. I have been on a Clubhouse, the uh, audio app, recently. And I was having a conversation with a very interesting person uh, who had a lot of uh, unique perspectives on things. And so I, I thought I would invite him on to talk about, uh, he, he particularly, he had a lot of views on China and the US China relationship and other sorts of things like that. Uh, so I would invite him. So our, our guest is uh, Manju Baturu. Is that how you say your last name? Uh actually it's not my
1: real name. It's my just online. Yeah, you're online uh, now. Uh, yeah. uh it's the, the old Altic Manchu language. it means the Manchurian warrior. Manchu means Manchu. Uh Baturu means warrior. Or I'll say samurai more exactly. Right,
0: yes, yes. And I think as we will as we will learn from the conversation, uh you were you were very uh, uh pro Manchuria uh and the Manchus. But yes. um uh, yeah, maybe, so uh, maybe you could, to the extent that you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background.
1: Actually, uh, I, I grew up in, uh, in Manchuria, which is now a part of uh, the jurisdiction of the People's Republic of China. And I uh, finished my undergraduate in Beijing, majoring in rocket science, actually. And I went to Tufts University in Boston here for my graduate uh, graduate school. Then I went to New York. Then lived there for about a, uh, less than a decade, uh, and working I, actually uh, in securities. So, but now I'm planning to going offline, staying away from the current world and, you know, starting my own uh, farm and, you know, uh, owning my own property in rural America. So I I grew up, I grew up uh, in the People's Republic and I'm a very native, uh, native Mandarin speaker and I received my higher education in that country. And so uh, I, I do have a lot of, of things to say about that country and Sino-U.S. Uh, relation be, because, you know, for for a decade, I've been closely studying and observing and monitoring the situation going on between these two superpowers.
0: Yeah, so uh, I noticed, so you, when you were describing your background, you said that you were from, I, I believe you, the words you used Manchuria, from yes. Manchuria, which is currently part of the People's Republic of China.
1: So, yes. Yeah, so like what is your
0: what is your attitude towards Manchuria and its relationship with China?
1: Uh, Manchuria is a like mu- much more much more developed country than China is and uh uh With a lot of, much more natural resources and a higher, you know, IQ and, you know, better nourished, better educated population. I I think it's safe to say that maybe over 60% of China's national strength actually comes from Manchuria because. All their uh, advanced weapons, aircraft carriers, nuclear subs, stealth fighters, um, tanks, cannons, and all the weaponry actually produced in Manchuria. Manchuria was once known as the Ruhr region of the East. And before World War II, Manchuria even surpassed Japan. And became the number one industrial power in entire Asia. So we have a very well developed industrial base. But after the founding of the People's Republic, Manchuria, you know, was uh, taken by China, annexed by China, as the trophy for World War Two. So China basically uh, engulfed Manchuria and uh, took everything from Manchuria. Now, uh, the, the most, even the most majority of rocket scientists in China are, are from Manchuria. Uh, so uh, I think uh, an independent Manchuria is a, a much better arrangement for the Manchurian people, per se, but it's uh, you know the Chinese will get worse off because you know uh, they get so much resources and tech know how and factories and industries and even higher institution higher education institutions from Nigeria.
0: it Just one one final biographical uh, question, and then we'll we'll get into it. So uh, in your Twitter bio, it says that you coined the term. Is it is it Baidu? Yes, I did about ten years ago. Yeah, and and what for yeah. for our non-Mandarin speakers? What is what is Baisuo?
1: Baisuo means Bai means white, the white race, white people. Zuo means leftist, uh, liberals, or say liptars or something similar to that. So Baisuo means white liberals. And this is this is I,
0: I take it a, a popular term of derision.
1: That's very popular in, in China. Every Chinese person knows this term. They will describe a American liberal person uh, with the word "baisuok." Yes, yeah.
0: So, uh, so it's interesting that this is such a term of derision in China. Well, like, what is the attitude of China in the? Time- it's very derogatory. The term is derogatory. Yes. Uh, yes.
1: yes, the Chinese basically. Uh, Mark uh, Western liberals uh, with his uh, word. If you say something, somebody is a bai zua, It means uh, if a Chinese person does that, it means uh, he looks down upon him and he uh, does not uh, agree with him on what he believes and and so on. So it's uh, the, the Chinese see bai zua with contempt. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know the. Chinese Communist Party, uh, is officially a leftist organization, right? But, uh, uh, they, you know, the Chinese would still view like white, white left, or I guess white liberal may, maybe is something different, but they just view it as like, is it just like, uh, they're, they're weak. They're, they're stupid, like hippies or. Yes.
1: Yeah, but I have to uh, say something, some anecdotes about the Chinese Communist Party because it isn't really uh, a communist in its core. I think it's safe to say that China, the People's Republic, is a Maoist state, Maoist as in Maoism, Mao Zedong thoughts. So the Communist Party is very optimistic Mao Zedong himself didn't even read Das Kapital. Actually, Mao Zedong gained his own political wisdom from ancient Chinese scriptures and texts. So he was not a, you know, Soviet-educated or, or you know, Bolshevik-educated Marxist. It's not true, although by name he, he, he he's supposed to be a Marxist, but he's not. He's a a self-made uh, political genius, which uh, who has uh, uh, elevated elevated China from one of the poorest countries in the world to which is now a superpower competing with the United States through his marvelous political and diplomatic maneuvers. He actually duped, played the Soviet Union, and on top of that. The United States of America. He actually duped his way through.
0: And uh, would you, so after after Mao da- died, though there was kind of a, a significant change in the direction of the of, of the country. Would you still consider the?
1: I think, I, I, actually, I think the change actually happened before he died. The, the, the pivotal, uh, the, the turning point of China's uh, diplomacy and national uh, 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 direction actually happened in 1972 when Richard Nixon visited, made his historical visit, historic visit to Beijing meeting Chairman Mao. So, basically, at that time, China defected the Soviet bloc and uh, joined the American bloc, uh, which initiated China's hyper-development, which is known to the world as uh, the reform and opening up policy. But Deng Xiaoping himself you know, claim the credit for that, but actually he didn't start that thing. It was Mao Zedong that uh, initiated the reform and opening up policy by forming an alliance with the United States of America.
0: Yeah, and why... So this is actually an interesting curiosity of uh, geopolitics is, you know, you have... Russia, the Soviet Union and China, they're allied against the United States, and then at a certain point, they turn against each other and China shifts uh, more towards the United States in opposition to Russia. what like what was what was going on there? why well, why would they why would they want to do that?
1: Uh, actually, uh, you cannot see China as one monolithic entity. Mao Zedong, his his own interests were not aligned very well with the Soviets. So uh, within the Communist Party of China, uh, there was Mao Zedong himself, right? And uh, a largely Soviet-trained party apparatus, you know, uh, the Cadres and you know people like Joe and Li and and other like Liu Shaoqi, uh, uh, so they were more inclined to cooperate with the Soviet Union. And Mao Zedong himself was not a trainee of the, the Borviks and the Soviets, so he doesn't really. Like the Soviets, so there were, you know, uh, conflicts between these two uh, cliques, fractions, or I'll say, cables.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and would you say that the so how would you how would you view the uh, orientation of the CCP to the United States now? Would you say that like that the desire to have uh you know friendly relations or whatever that, does that continue on have they have they become more hostile or what i
1: i don't think uh the ccp really wants to be very hostile to the united states of america because for the last uh 50 years or say for the to- uh since the time um uh mao zedong uh, 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 uh moved from Soviet to the United States, uh, China has been developing really, really fast, hyper, hyper economic growth in the past 50 years. So China would like to maintain and sustain such, you know, very, very favorable international political environment for, for itself and, you know, befriend uh the united states of america especially its ruling elite all the business leaders political leaders and you know those in power uh uh because you know china has attracted a lot of uh, american investment and you know americans has been have been uh, opening up factories and you know uh doing tech transfers to China. China has learned a lot of know-how from the United States of America and acquired a large, you know, market for consumerist goods made in China. So, so far, so good. I don't think China has the intention to deteriorate uh, its relation with the U.S., but China's own very existence does pose a threat to the very own existence of the United States of America. There's a going in, a saying in Mandarin uh, goes that goes as one mountain cannot support two tigers. So China is growing very fast and you know ascending as the world's uh, only superpower, probably. In the near future, so that poses a threat to the United States of America, which I think will trigger some uh, reactions from the United States. You know, you, you've got like people like Donald Trump and and Steve Bannon who are like pretty hawkish on the People's Republic.
0: Yeah, so it does seem like there have been an increasing number of flashpoints and conflicts between the United States and China. Uh, uh, Perhaps, perhaps, you know, uh, Trump being one of those. uh, But even beyond that, there's all sorts of stuff with like Hong Kong and uh, the, the Uyghurs and uh, you know, South China Sea, you know, various things. Do you, do you think that's just the result of as, China grows and becomes, you know, more powerful. It's an that like it's an inevitability that there is going to be a conflict between it and the United States. Or,
1: I think the problem actually uh, uh, exists uh, on the side of the United States because this country, the political leaders, the elected and unelected officials of this country, do not have a clue; they do not have a plan you know, about how to deal with China. Uh, I think uh, largely the the Uyghurs' concentration camps in Hong Kong, these are just leap services. The U.S. condemns China on, you know, various uh, uh, issues, but, uh, you know, can you actually send troops to Xinjiang and liberate Uyghurs from concentration camps, you cannot do that. You know, bitching about it, you know, is not going to do any help to anyone. Uh,
0: yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, I am interested in the in the Uyghur issue because uh, I, I believe we're in a we're having a conversation, and you just kind of mentioned offhand that most Chinese people are probably pretty supportive of what the government. Yeah. Yes, the vast majority of Chinese people are very supportive of what
1: the Communist Party is doing in Xinjiang. You know, sending the Uyghurs into camps.
0: Yeah, and, and why would that why would that be? Is that just uh,
1: uh, because I think uh, the, the the vast majority of Chinese people, the the Chinese Chinese, uh, the Han or or the majority, uh, they. I think their interests are very well aligned with the interests of the uh, Communist Party of China. You know, the economy has been growing like exponentially this year's. So, the Chinese people are getting richer, like uh, wealthier, more successful even taller and bigger because they have, you know, higher income and they are consuming more meat and protein. So uh, the Chinese people, I think the vast majority of them are pretty satisfied with what they are having now, the Communist Party rule, uh, since they're getting richer, right? Uh, so they don't really care about, you know, human rights and, you know, individual freedom or uh, free speech or or anything like that, because they've never had it before, so they, they don't know how great it is, um, so they, they'd, they'd rather stick to, you know, what they have now, economic growth and improvement of living standards, so they don't really care about human rights. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they see also, also um, from another point of view, they also see the weak words as aliens, as you know, not themselves, they are Muslims, not Han Chinese, not Confucians, uh, so uh, they they're supportive of uh, the Communist Party uh, is, you know committing some uh, crimes on the Uyghurs. But I don't think uh, such crimes can be compared to what you know Nazi Germany did to the Jews, because you know the concentration camps are not that horrible. Uh, the the Uyghurs are basically uh, forced to learn the Chinese culture, the Chinese language, and some skills, so they can be very useful laborers and, and on the job market, and they can they can do you know uh, you know uh, regular Chinese things r- instead of uh, being separatist and and then terrorist.
0: Would you say? Uh, oh, and I and I suppose that for similar reasons, they pro- the average Chinese would probably be pretty sympathetic to uh, the Hong Kong situation. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: For, for the very similar reasons. Yeah.
0: Um, so what, let's talk a little bit about, uh, COVID. Um, I, I was, so I wanted to ask whether the government's response, to the pandemic had like increased support, you know, or their le- legitimacy, or whatever. But it kind of sounds like, in your view, uh, the people were generally pretty supportive even before that, just because uh, you know, if the economy is growing, then then they're then they're satisfied with that. Is that? Yeah. 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 Uh-
1: so. Uh- uh, so far, as far as I could tell, the Chinese response to COVID has been very successful. They've contained uh, the pandemic within their borders like very quickly. And, you know, my parents are still living in Manchuria, the, the capital city of Manchuria, which is called Changchun. It's a pretty large city with a uh, population of 5 million people. So if you move, move Changchun to the United States, it's the second largest city. Uh, in my home city there were only 45 covid cases nobody died no like uh, medical like uh, personnels uh nurses or doctors got infected so it was pretty you know calm I, I, you know, I talk with my parents pretty regularly, so uh, their lives have not been uh, affected very much. So my city, my own home city lifted uh, the lockdown in April 2020, only like, only like less than two months after COVID broke out. And... The lockdown has been lifted since then, so nothing, basically nothing happened. Everything, the people's lives just resumed to uh, what it was before COVID.
0: And and it does seem like they have been having some trouble, uh, which is not unique to them, of course, in uh, vaccinating people. Uh, They haven't really vaccinated a lot of people, and then
1: no they don't they they haven't uh done it massively because you know the pandemic uh has been controlled has been curbed contained yeah. already so i don't i don't see uh a, a a great urgency for the chinese government to vaccinate and like, like in its entire populace well wouldn't
0: i mean presumably uh at some point they would want to be able to lift like border controls or other things uh
1: I think so. I think so. I, I just uh, uh, saw this news today that the Biden administration uh, is about to retake Chinese students, you know, into America. Yeah. So it's kind of you know lifting the bans, travel bans.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know to what extent. There also seems to be some pro- like the the Chi- the the Chinese vaccine, the Sinovac or whatever, uh, seems to have some. It, it doesn't seem like. it's I think it's
1: le- less effective than you know uh, the U.S. Uh, American vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's le- less effective because uh, it's not uh, uh, mRNA. It's just a, you know uh, the conventional vaccines, so it's less e- effective. But uh, it is sad. Uh, according to what I know uh, from 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 people, uh, what people t- uh, tell me is that uh, the side effects are you know a uh, far, uh, a uh, smaller, you know, less, uh, deadly and, and because it's less effective. So it has, you know, uh, less uh, side effects. Right. Right. You would hope that
0: if it, if, if it's less okay. effective, it would at least have like, fewer bad side effects. Uh, but, um, uh, so what about, I guess the, the other, uh, are the, um, Would you say that the 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 Chinese people are well? What like with respect to Taiwan, say right? Is there like a burning desire to see Taiwan reunited, or some of these other territorial claims? Are are these like things that people get really worked up about, or they don't really care? I think in real life,
1: Uh, because uh, you know, strategically speaking. It's not a a very wise idea for the Chinese government to actually um, invade Taiwan, you know, uh, with force. Because uh, doing that will be very costly to begin with, and I don't think the Communist Party... uh, actually has enough uh, resources and force to maintain a, you know, Chinese-style communist occupation upon the the island and uh, its people. Because, you know, Taiwan has universal conscription. Every adult male can, uh, you know, knows... How to shoot a gun, a weapon. So, imposing communist rule on that island will be very troublesome for the Chinese government. There's no, simply no reason to do that. There's no point doing that. It's very costly. It doesn't bring China any, you know, benefits. The island is very small and uh, the island doesn't have, you know, natural resources.
0: So, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the United States and your perspective on the United States, because you mentioned that you thought uh, America like just lacked a plan or some sort of strategic vision to deal with the growing power of China. Like, what do you think is, what do you think is lacking uh, in terms of, you know, the the U S approach to things?
1: Uh, I think, uh, the problem like uh lies in democracy itself the chinese strategy is kind of uh funny and clear clearly funny and, and you know hilariously clear uh they they this is actually what they've been doing so far every time the us has a regime change you know that you know every 4 years or 8 years mm-hmm. Uh, and there there, there comes the new guy, the new leader, new Secretary of State. The Chinese will just make, you know, vague and fake promises. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll control uh, our uh, uh, CO2 emission. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll improve our human rights record. Blah, 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 blah. But we need time. So they just, you know... Post porn, they don't deliver, they just dupe people. And after four years, the administration is about to, you know, go out of office. The guys, the US part, the US uh, you know, diplomats and, you know, officials, they suddenly realize, gosh, we are duped by the Chinese. Then they go. And next administration, China just repeats what it has done. <laughs> Before it works every time because you, you've got new guys to dupe. They they, they cannot you know uh, see through the tricks because they are new here. And after a few years, they, they when they they you know they find out they are duped, it's too late. They're gonna go right.
0: Right, right. So it, it did seem like Trump uh, was initially a, a more confrontational or hostile regarding China than. Uh, either the prior couple or the new Biden administration like
1: at least i at, le- at least i think trump was more effective than the biden administration uh which is comprised of entirely idiots <laughs> right the, the trump administration wasn't
0: entirely idiots yeah uh, yes,
1: although I don't think Trump was very competent, but actually, uh, I, I think he has pointed a right, a sensible direction where uh, 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 America should move to. Uh, you know the tariffs, although his tariffs were were ve- were not very effective because you know the U.S. China trade uh, <laughs> grew <laughs> significantly, despite. <laughs> despite his tariffs. But at least uh, he was trying to do something, you know, something different than what uh, his like uh, previous uh, predecessors did to China. And I would like to share another very in- interesting anecdote with you. Um, when Deng Xiaoping visited the USA in 1979, you know, he was received by, by, by the Jimmy Carter administration. Uh, Deng meekly asked the Jimmy Carter, "Can I send you like five Chinese, a uh, five thousand Chinese students, uh, to the USA to U.S. Uh, institutions and colleges and and you know research institute to let them know, to let them learn the U.S. technological and scientific know-how?" And Carter re- actually replied, "No," but he added later. Please send 100,000. <laughs> 5,000 isn't enough. So, don't, de, don't actually send, don't actually send uh, like a thousand, uh, 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 100,000 students. And uh, during the Obama years, uh, the Chinese students in the USA actually, the number of uh, the Chinese students actually grew 50 times in eight years. So basically China can manufacture everything. Uh, it jumbo Jets uh, you know took flight a couple of years ago. Now they are commercially available to Chinese airline companies. So basically they learned the know-how from Boeing either legally or illegally uh the chinese uh, don't really care about uh intellectual property or anything they just you know take the technology while they can um
0: what and the 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 trade war uh it was, from my perspective here it was a little bit hard to know uh how China was reacting or impacted by that, as you say, trade continued to go up.
1: Yeah, trade. Yeah, you can you can check it online. There are you know statistic ticks over there. Uh, the trade between the U.S. China still is growing. Yeah,
0: but I mean, was that in, in despite uh, despite the tariffs, yeah. was that something that worried them, uh, or not really, or you, you know, like even if even if.
1: No, I think they have a, a upper hand on this thing because uh, all the supply chains are now in China. So even if you impose some tariffs on Chinese goods and services, and uh, they still have a a you know a marginal profit, uh, good enough for them to continue production.
0: So. What do you see as the future of the relationship between China and the United States? So.
1: Uh, as far as I can tell, that Trump uh, the uh, Trump administration made some kind of noises and turbulences. The Biden administration is basically uh, the Obama administration all over again. So uh, this administration, I think, in very plain words, is selling out American interests to the Chinese. And, you know, uh, restoring the relations, you know, to uh, uh, before Trump uh, status. uh, They are reopening America to Chinese students. And I think over time, very soon, the tariffs will be lifted by the uh, Biden administration. And, you know, everything will just go back, slip back to uh, when Obama was president. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about going back to China and... Uh, actually, I actually thought about it, but but I really invented you know the Manchurian independence movement and, and talked a lot of shit about the Chinese uh, government and President Xi Jinping himself. So I I do face the risk of being you know arrested by the secret police and and you know uh, being disappeared forever. Yeah,
0: yeah. How how is the uh, Manchurian independence movement going?
1: By the way. Not going very well because China now is growing fast and winning so much. So basically, I think uh, the people of Manchuria can and, and secure some some gifts, some benefits from a rising China to themselves. After all, they are legally Chinese citizens, right? When China is expanding, and you know, uh, uh ascending as the world empire. They can do a lot of business uh, businesses overseas too. For example, uh, my city uh, has the world's largest bullet train and uh, uh, subway car manufacturer. So uh, that company made the subway cars rolling stock for Boston, LA, and now is seeking to, you know, providing subway cars to New York City. So I think even Manchurians benefited a little bit from uh, the, the rising power of
0: China. Um, so there are uh, you, you didn't want to go back to to China, and I'm not I'm not trying to get you to leave. Uh, <laughs> this is not what I'm saying, but you know there. So there are some other uh, like the the Han Chinese, the ethnic Chinese, they tend to do pretty well in a in a lot of different places. So like in Singapore. Or you have, uh, you know, minorities in uh, like the Philippines or maybe Thailand or other places in, all over East Asia. I, I, yeah, that's
1: correct. That's correct. Uh, uh, that's, I think it's very, they are very similar to, to the Jewish people in many, you know, countries, including the United States. They have the the key businesses in their hands and, you know, they are this. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the business elite, all those wealthy people, are disproportionately Chinese in those you know Southeast Asian countries like uh, Malaysia and and the Philippines and Thailand and Indonesia. So those countries, uh, their indigenous indigenous people are the Malays. So there is, I think, anti Chinese sentiment going on among the indigenous people who are, you know, a lot less economically successful and a lot le- a lot, le- a lot less rich and wealthy. So basically, the Chinese uh, uh, monopolize their, you know, key industries and sectors and businesses and tech and stuff. Uh, they are the wealthy ruling elite in those countries and the grassroots. Grassroots movement and also the national government are uh, very hostile against the, the Chinese people there in in those places. And unfortunately, I think uh, there was the guy called Lee Kuan Yew, um, who was a, a you know eth- ethnically Chinese, but he built Singapore from a relatively you know poor place, uh, just like Malaysia, into one of the world's most advanced, uh, developed, and you know. Uh, Well managed countries.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I guess his son is prime minister now, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to be very, very frank and politically incorrect here. Everything eventually converges into race and IQ the chinese are just better you know at doing things and at at running businesses and you know uh, and, and you know trading and, and stuff uh, the, the indigenous people that kind of you know they 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 don't have uh the the ambition to achieve high this is just don't you know make do with their lives it, uh, in those oh, yeah
0: okay well uh you're, you're free to have a a perspective on that uh, um uh So you mentioned that you were, you mentioned at the beginning that you were uh, gonna go offline uh, or you know back to the land or something like that. I don't know if you want to talk about why why you're why you're planning on doing that or. uh,
1: Uh, uh, I think uh, you know the, the general zeitgeist the social environment uh, of this country is just getting worse and worse and worse and people are getting irrational, stupid, and fragile. And I don't think it's very healthy and good thing for, for me or anybody to stay in, in that kind of environment. You know, uh, 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 social conformity, uh, political correctness, wokeness, you know, uh, it's just so tiresome. I think uh, uh, going offline and, you know, producing your own food, stay, and you know, live in a beautiful, beautiful natural environment is a better uh, choice for most everyone. Uh, because America, Americans may not realize this fact that America is still a kind of virgin land. It's the frontier, it's a promised land. It's very, you know, environmentally... Uh, 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 pristine and uh, it's uh, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's underdeveloped Uh, uh, a lot of places in in this country are not developed at all so it's kind of mismanaged I think uh, with care and attention and know-how you can turn a lot of uh, land in this country because this country has a lot of land right into you know uh, well managed farms and estates
0: Okay. Okay. So, uh, final question. Are there any... What are some good uh, Manchurian uh, or Manchurian-themed movies or cultural products that you would recommend?
1: Uh, The Last Emperor. The Last Emperor. It was a 1986 or 87 blockbuster which got nine Academy Awards uh, nominations and won all of them. So it was about the last emperor of China, but uh, also the last emperor of Manchuria because, you know, we conquered China uh, in 1644. And then our royal house just became the Chinese royal house. It's, you know, the conquest thing. Uh, so, so the Manchu emperor was also the Chinese emperor. Same person uh it was about the last emperor his life and and you know his uh biography
0: yeah he was just a he was just a kid uh, at the
1: yeah he was a ch- just a kid when he was 3 years old when he was coronated as the emperor of china
0: yeah and then when he was deposed or abdicated yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, when he was 8, yeah. years, old, then, he was eight years old i guess
0: yeah. did he go back to manchuria then uh yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, he went back to his ancestral homeland, reclaimed his throne as the Manchu Emperor. Not the Chinese Emperor anymore, but Manchuria was still his land, right? Uh, uh, the, the Manchu Empire fell because the Chinese uh, peasants just rebelled against Manchu rule because we are not the same people. They see us as aliens. So they got fed up with the Manchu rule over them. They want their Chinese rule. So their slogan at that time was, you know, drive off, drive away the Tatars, which is a derogatory term for the Manchurian people. So drive away the Tatars, restore China. So they, they at that time, at, at least 100 years ago, the Chinese really didn't see Manchuria as a part of legit China. So Manchuria was Manchuria, China was China.
0: Yeah. Right. So even the people, cause you know, they, uh, like, cause they were in charge for like 400 years or 300 plus years. Right. But it's, it's still, still didn't quite, uh, still kind of seen, seen as an alien.
1: Yeah. The, the the anti-Manchu, uh, sentiment in China is rampant and prevalent even now, even now.
0: Yeah. Or oh, even it, so,
1: even now, even now, yeah, yeah. yeah you, the, the the Chinese just don't like Manchurians, and we don't like them either.
0: Oh, you don't like the Chinese? The
1: kind of people, this kind of um, uh, feeling is mutual. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do,
0: do they uh, is, do they see them kind of the same way you were talking earlier about the the Uyghurs or whatever? or uh not necessarily the
1: same because uh, manchuria is actually better integrated uh, into the people's republic of china it has you know uh advanced culture and technology and, and everything so uh um i don't think the, the there is the persecution going on here uh, on the Manchurian people, but there is indeed uh, the anti-Manchur sentiment. Uh, you know, they just say mean things about us
0: <laughs> online. Right. Well, I'm sure you can, you can take it. You could probably take it.
1: Yeah. yeah. But there's, there's uh, you know,
0: no concentration camp for, for the Manchurian people. Right. Yes. right, that's right. Well, and, and uh, may it continue to be so. Uh, all right, so our guest today has been... Uh, uh, thank you very much for joining the Urban Cowboys. Uh, thank you for having me here.